0: Hello everyone, welcome to a very special Christmas episode of We Are Movies. Um, As I did with the last uh, Halloween special, um, I teamed up with uh, Brett Hayden again, and we decided to talk about each of our top five Christmas movies. Um top five is kind of a loose word in this case. Uh, I think we both avoided like the obvious choices. So even though we love watching, um, a lot of the, uh, more classic, I guess like, uh, the academic word is canonical. Um, (laughs) Christmas movies. Uh, we decided to try to make more original lists with something that maybe not everyone out there has seen, or maybe not everyone would associate with Christmas. So, um, it was a lot of fun, as always Um, Brett's a really great guy But you would already know that if you're a regular listener Mom Um, not, not to alienate The other regular listeners out there All all, all two of you Um, thanks for, thanks for coming back Uh, but without further ado Here is our very special Christmas episode Of We Are Movies So, um First of all, I should congratulate you because you're the first, the third, third timer on this podcast. I'm the third third timer. You're the first third timer. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Because out of second timers, uh, Brucar and uh, Trevor did it again. Um, But yeah, this is the first time somebody's come back twice. So so let's see. We did in Bruges, in Bruges, and then we did our Halloween episode. Yes. So Um, and then on the Halloween, it's it's funny in the in Bruges episode. You suggested doing a Halloween episode, so we did, and then during the Halloween episode, you came up with the Christmas one. So
1: yeah, so yeah. I think I'll, I'll keep the trend alive. Whether, Easter, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Easter movies, Valentine, actually Valentine's Day movies, Valentine's could, Day movies that could be, could be good. Be, yeah. But I mean, it's also getting close to the end of the year, and whether I'm on it or not, you definitely should do a best of the decade because so oh yeah, there's yeah. a there's quite a there's quite a lot of good to go through, but you should also make it worst. Oh, I could definitely do because there's it definitely yeah. just as much of that
0: too. <laughs> I was thinking about the best of the decade and it was just like slowly finding out each movie that came out in this decade and yeah. realizing I had to rewrite my entire list. Like, um, cause I, I mean, I guess it's January, 2010 to now. Right. Yeah. So that's been difficult, <laughs> but once I can figure that out, I might, that's, I might do that. I
1: basically just went through the Oscar noms every year oh, yeah. up until now. And then I kind of went through the golden globes and then I also just kind of said best. And then, inserted insert genre here of whatever year oh yeah and uh, i think my final not even final list but just like of all the ones i considered i think my list was like 40 ish movies long and it was just kind of all right let's wow. narrow it down
0: yeah it is i mean i think categorically is much easier because when you yeah because there's very different movies that i love almost equally for different reasons you know Yeah. like just even just doing a top 10 of this year is hard because there's like oh yeah Schlockier movies that I really liked, like Ready or Not, <laughs> and then there's like. Interesting,
1: you bring that up because uh, isn't it? Ha- doesn't it have uh, another movie we were talking about uh off air? Was uh Knives Out? Like, yeah. Is Knives it like on. a similar premise of like a? No, done no, no, it? no. Very
0: different. Um, it's <laughs> it's oh, like okay. a, uh, yeah. D- watch the trailer. It's, okay. It's I was great. just
1: talking to a girl the other day. I'm supposed to take her on like a date to see Knives Out. And uh, she told me she looked up the plot and she said it was similar to Ready or Not. And then hmm. uh, so uh, you hear that, uh, Jess, you're wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, as somebody who's seen both movies, I think they're they're pretty decently different. Knives Out is great too. Also in my top ten or twenty or whatever. Um, also, I uh, I have because I, like I was just pitching Letterbox to you earlier and explaining how it works. Uh, I have an, a list on Letterbox. Follow me on Letterbox at Johnny Mockney. But um, I've been doing. Uh, a favorite movie from each year, starting with twenty eighteen, going backward, and I made it to nineteen twenty seven, which is, uh, which basically means I've seen at least one movie from each year. Being doing film classes helps with that, but um, yeah. But we are here talking about Christmas movies. I think it's fair to say we both, even though we might regularly watch some of the obvious choices? I think we both left out the more obvious choices. You know?
1: uh, I purposefully did. Yeah. I mean, I'll say right now, and uh, if it's part of your list already, then yeah. you can just cut this part out. But I was like, I'm not going to talk about Die Hard. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to talk about A Christmas Story. Sure. I'm not going to talk about uh,
0: There was um, Christmas Vacation or It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Actually, all of those are not on my list, so yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. Uh, there was one other one, like an obvious one. Oh, uh, Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah, Home Alone. that was the yeah. other big one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Um, which,
1: by the way, uh, for the listeners, another really cool thing you can watch on Netflix right now is uh, the Movies That Make Us, I think is what the series is called. I just
0: discovered that, yeah. Yeah,
1: I just watched the Home Alone one yesterday, and I'm looking forward to watching the uh, Die Hard one either tonight War. or tomorrow.
0: Yeah, 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 I'll have to. I'll watch those. Die Hard, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it, it probably, if I did list my favorite Christmas movies ever, it probably would be number one. Um home alone which is like kids die hard it's the same thing oh yeah um but yeah and then also um it's a super obvious choice but like it's a wonderful life i watch with my dad every year yeah it's like his favorite movie i might have him on here to do that oh absolutely yeah i do an it's a wonderful life episode with my dad that'll Dude, be so sweet that would be adorable <laughs> um so yeah i avoided those two and i just tried to think of ones that some of them are outside of the box some of them not so much but ones that i would Maybe recommend to Yeah,
1: people. well, I feel like most people listening to this, if we had talked about the ones we just discussed, right. I feel like they'd be listening to the same Best Christmas Movies podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, I'd rather, I mean, and I'm sure they're aware of most of the things we'll say. I feel like people who kind of follow movies will uh, be aware of most of these picks, but at least sure. there'll be a slightly different discussion than yeah. what they're... Used to, I guess.
0: So you have five, right? I have five. Yes. Okay, I have five too. Um, do you want to start? with your I'd project? actually love for you to start. Oh, okay, I want to Great. see if we can. <clears throat> so I started with my most, with my most obvious choice, I think, and then okay. I kind of started working the way down. Uh, but my first choice is Scrooge. Um, okay, with uh, Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Scrooge. It's uh, directed by Richard Donner, um, who. Uh, he did another great Christmas movie that's not on my list. It might be on yours, so I'm gonna avoid it for now. I'll mention it later. Okay. Um, but uh, which,
1: by the way, if we do have any picks that match up yeah. at any point, feel free to say it's also on your list, and then we can just talk about both of them.
0: Okay. Great. Like at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I, Scrooge. Uh, have you seen it? I'm assuming I've seen it. I'm trying to remember when that because mo- it came out before I was born. Yeah, it came out in, I think... 88. 88, okay. yeah. Um, same here as Die Hard, so it was a great a great year for Christmas movies. <laughs> but um, it's, it's yeah, it's like a modern retelling of A Christmas Story and uh, A Christmas Story, A Christmas Carol. Um, and I think Bill Murray is like the perfect modern Scrooge. Like, he... Th- there's so many things about his performance, but I think it's actually like one of his best comedic performances because he's so like on edge the entire movie and there's so many lines that are made perfect by like his little inflections and stuff like I was actually talking to James Couture about this movie because he also loves it Uh, I think he said it's his favorite Bill Murray movie um and he was like just started quoting it and he was just doing direct impressions of how Bill Murray says the lines because it's like you just they like burn into your head (laughs) how well he delivers it but there's also just like so many like there's a bunch of really good actors playing, like, all the small roles in this. Like, Robert Mitchum's in it. Um, and uh, all of the ghosts are great. It's, like, it's goofy. And it's a little over the top. And it gets a little too cruel sometimes. But um, I watch it, like, every year. And by the end, by the time you get to the end of it, it's, like, you know, it gets you. Like, there's there's the, the Christmas movie, um... Uh, emotion at the end especially that you have to get at the end of a christmas carol that story that i think it i think it works i think it's kind of underrated actually
1: see i've only seen scrooge like once or twice to be honest because it is a christmas movie and yeah. i do only watch it like those types of movies around that time of year with the yeah. exception of a few things i'll talk about later but uh do you think because you mentioned uh james and you even said you put it like high in your list of bill murray uh performances yes. Now, do you think people wrongfully judge the movie because he has such a he's like such a prolific guy in like all the other movies he's known for Groundhog Day Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and you think it's not so much that he like that performance isn't great, it just gets lost in the shuffle of all this other great work he has?
0: I think that's true, and I think something like Groundhog Day is a better movie I think that movie sure. just has so much. It has so many thematic elements to it and some things that make it original, you know? And then I think Ghostbusters is, like, a perfect movie. Um, So there's stuff like that. But, like, I think over time, like, I know Scrooge is kind of, Scrooge has developed, like, a cult following and people do like it. And generally it's on, I'll see it on TV and stuff around this time of year. But um, I think it's, like, out of Christmas comedies, like, I personally, I'd put it above the like the christmas vacations and um uh some of those movies where i think it like as much as i like christmas vacation i think scrooge is just like there's just so it's just so much more enjoyable and uh there's so many just like special little things about it it's kind of a weirder movie yeah, um, cuz it's directed by richard donner too who's a a director he's not like a comedy director you know he did uh, uh, like the superman movies and stuff like that so he, it's it's uh it's a different kind of christmas movie that's not just about like family <laughs> the, like other christmas comedies are you know like a christmas with the cranks or something like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, like a christmas story, uh like christmas vacation, those are yeah. like the christmas movies your dad introduces you to. Sure, yeah. And then when you're like a teenager, he's just like, "Oh, okay, let's get a little weirder. Here's Scrooge." <laughs> right, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Scrooge is like the peppermint schnapps of Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which which I do love, like obviously like I said love christmas lo- love christmas vacation. I adore a christmas story. Like that's a movie I think it's like Star Wars for me. Like I don't remember the first time I watched it. I just Grew up knowing that movie so oh. well, uh, but it's obviously like the most obvious choice of all time. So, um, but yeah, Scrooge, I, I I like quote it in my daily life even when it's not Christmas time. It just like comes out. Um, so yeah, if you do, if you do get a chance to rewatch it this year, I highly recommend it. I know you're a busy guy.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm busy, but I'm not nearly as busy. It's just like I have weird pockets of time where I'm available and pockets where I'm not. Sure. But, yeah. uh, do we know if Scrooge is still on Netflix?
0: Um, it might be. <clears throat> should we do a quick yeah. Google here? We can fact check. We should
1: so. also, that should be a thing we should do after each one of these picks so we can, like if people listen, then they can have that, if they Figure have that impulse. They, they can, can just, watch yeah, it. Yeah. If there's that impulse right away. Because usually it comes up right away on Google. I know this is great for podcasting. <laughs> I can call but, this out. Uh, no, I think you would have to pay for it on something because usually it would come up. Odds
0: are you can get it for like... Two ninety nine, two ninety nine, or something on Amazon or yeah. Mubi or whatever. Redbox. Redbox. Red, box. Red box. Or can, it's one ninety nine on Amazon Prime and Vudu, uh, two ninety nine on YouTube, stuff like that. So. Or
1: if you uh, have a disc replay near you, you, you can probably get it for three thirty three on DVD, <laughs> and that's <then laughs> yours forever.
0: I have a Blu ray of it, like some kind of moron. Um, <laughs> Ooh, what but physical copies? Yeah, yeah, physical, physical media. Like I gotta take them out and put them in a player and everything. But I think that's you know. a lost art is actually going out and picking out a movie. Oh well yeah, the the Blockbuster days. Like yeah. that's getting a crunch bar too, like on the way out. Oh yeah, no, yeah,
1: the the getting the uh the weird like uh, popcorn candy kit thing they yes. used to have at Blockbuster. That was yeah. And then uh, I'd get my bunch of crunch. Yep. And uh no going to uh well at the time it was Blockbuster, but then uh there's family
0: video. Family video, but yeah. before
1: that, do you did you ever how old are you?
0: Uh 20, almost 21. Okay. You're younger than I thought.
1: Did uh, did you ever fuck with uh, Hollywood Video?
0: I know of Hollywood Video. Hollywood
1: Video was basically just like a little bit classier.
0: Well, yeah. Did you know Family Video, when that was founded, Hollywood Video was like the rental place. And then Family Video, the whole difference was that they had porn because they didn't have porn at Hollywood Video. It's weird that Family, family, video, family video is right.
1: the one that had porn.
0: Ironically, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> But... Um, yeah, they had that like back, it's the all incest door. porn. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is in the end. It's about family
1: in the end. It's all about family.
0: <laughs> um, so what's your, what's your first choice? Okay.
1: I'll get the most like Christmasy one out of the way. Just, I wanted to kind of, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, cool. um, my number one pick is because, uh, this movie came out in 2003, I believe. So I was about 10. So I was like the perfect age for it. Uh, elf, elf, elf. Okay. Yes. Will Ferrell, uh, yeah. Will Ferrell, uh, A blonde-haired Zoe Deschanel. Right. And, uh, yeah, it just, I think, like, that would be my generation's not, I don't want to compare it to, like, Home Alone, Christmas Story, but it's definitely, that's, like, the kind of movie, do you remember when you were in, like, elementary school, middle school, like, late elementary school, fifth grade? like early middle school, 6th grade, 7th grade, you'd always watch a Christmas movie right before you go on Christmas break. For us, it was always Elf. Right. And we'd always get super excited for it because everybody knew Elf. Yeah. And it kind of was like like when I think of childhood, for me at least. um, Like when I think of just like a childhood, um, that is uh, for me what I watch around Christmas time almost every year. And it's also just, like, really silly. I believe since it was 2003, Will Ferrell was still in his prime, I think, on SNL. And also started to right? break into, like, actual movies and stuff. Because this is around the time Old School came out.
0: Yeah, Anchorman had come out, I yeah. think, at that point. And the thing with Elf, too, is
1: um, there's not really any heaviness to it. Like, there's a couple sad parts to it. But it's, like, it lasts seconds. Like, yeah. when uh, his dad... Like, when he, like, I, I'm trying to... I'm James Khan James Conn. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, when he basically yells at him the one time, and then he leaves, like, that, like, it's sad for, like, even as a little kid for, like, 10 seconds. But right. Like, but Will Ferrell's such a silly guy, you know, you're like, this is gonna work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody... That's another movie people just quote all the time. Like I, oh, yeah. people reference the um syrup on your spaghetti. Syrup on your yeah.
1: Every Buzzfeed article around Christmas time is like, does this actually taste good? Like right, syrup on spaghetti, M and M's. But there's also a bunch of just fun little like visual things, like like Christmas time at the mall. Um, him getting so into like decorating the store. Yeah, the snowball fight. Snowball scene. fight's yeah. really good. Um, the one manager being like all right guys santa's coming to town oh my god santa
0: <laughs> yeah um and there's i love all the little there's a lot of great character actors like bob newhart is his dad back at the north pole yeah he's like, like, like uh, he's dad. like the big elf yeah, yeah yeah uh and then like santa claus is played by ed asner um there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of little things i of. uh, uh Peter uh, Dinklage. G- Peter Dinklage is in it, yeah. The, he's an angry elf. And he think
1: yeah, and they think <laughs> and Will Ferrell just cannot help himself. And right. And that whole interaction, is just like, it's really funny and then yeah. he just, Peter Dinklage loses his goddamn mind. And that's what actually isn't that what caused, co- yeah, that's what caused the fight with him and his dad. Yes. Was the interaction that's between the those two. That's the low point in the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Andy Richter was in it too. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mary Steenbergen was um, James Kahn's wife and she was like the go-to, like, mom character, actor for a long time. She's yeah. also, she's Doc Brown's uh, girlfriend from Back Back to the Future 3. Yeah,
1: when you really look at this cast, yeah. you're like, this is a really good cast for a Christmas <laughs> for movie a starring Christmas Will Ferrell.
0: Right, it's like, this isn't some, like, Hallmark crap. Like, oh, they, yeah. they went all out. And it's directed by Jon Favreau who's a real director, you know?
1: Yeah, this is a, and like, and if you also think about it too, this is like early, like Zoe Deschanel before she really blew up. Right. So like seeing her, and she's also, her and Will Ferrell's relationship, of course, is very cute. Like, like them going ice skating, and then he gives her a kiss on the cheek. She goes, you missed. And he's like, what? And he's like, you missed. And then you're just like, oh, a cute yeah, Christmasy kind of shit. I like
0: the part when she's singing. It's cold outside. Maybe yeah. it's cold outside in the in the shower. And then all jokes
1: like, aside, I actually do like that song. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's a great song. Um, but then that he's singing it outside, and then like he gets too loud that she finally notices him. Like yeah. that's just a funny situation, um, and really creepy if you don't take into account the fact that he's basically a man child. Oh yeah,
1: hundred <laughs> percent. Like, in the context of, like, us as the viewer knowing he's an elf, nothing right. – he's just, like, literally as pure as you can be. But to an outsider watching, you're just like, oh, that's just a creepy six-foot-seven dude.
0: <laughs> right. Um, there's oh, he's also – tall, but – One of my favorite jokes is uh, – the what is it like the best coffee in Manhattan or something? And he just sees it on the sign and he walks and he's like, Congratulations! Because yeah. he, he just doesn't understand that they just call themselves that. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's so
1: naive to the world around him. But I think it made for a much sillier movie to have that self awareness to be like, Okay, if you were an elf and you your only reference of life was just the North Pole and making toys and Christmas, how yeah. would you react to the rest of the world? <laughs> right, right. And uh,
0: yeah, um, I, I that's this movie is also part of the big group of like christmas is new york kind of movies same thing with Scrooge, you know like a lot yeah. of the popular christmas movies are in new york because that's where all the commercialism is and everything and that's where like you get just a bunch of people who are maybe angry and pissed off you know 364 days out of the yeah. year and so there's something to that story that makes it um, isn't, uh, work is a Christmas movie.
1: Isn't Last Christmas that new movie that just came out with uh, um, Emily... The, Amelia uh, Clark? Yeah, Amelia yeah. Clark.
0: I haven't seen it yet. I haven't
1: Maybe. either, but isn't that set in New York? It looks Probably. like it. It Probably. looks like New York. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Skate rinks and stuff. <laughs> that mm-hmm. whole story. My sister saw it. She said it was good. Um, but, is there anything else you wanted to say about Elf? Uh, no, if you haven't watched it, what? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> watch Elf. I, I was going to say, I mean, I'm younger than you, but we still watched Elf like after our exams were done after Christmas like I remember in our math class specifically watching it afterwards
1: I would say Um, if you were having a Christmas movie marathon I don't know where like because I feel like because there's a bunch of different genres that have like Christmas elements to it that would be like either the first thing you'd watch or something after you just watch something really heavy to kind of break it up
0: oh definitely yeah yeah it's um also because by some of these things on my list I'm going for a variety of different audiences same (laughs) um So my second choice is also a more obvious one. I'm kind of slowly getting less obvious, I guess, as these go on. Uh, But my next choice is uh, Gremlins. Okay, Uh, okay. Is that on yours? No, it is not. Okay. Gremlins is uh, a classic. It's something that I watch every single year. Um, it's, It's a lot of people, I don't know, everyone gets in like the diehard debate on whether or not that's a Christmas movie. And I don't see people debating Gremlins often, but I don't see it widely considered like a Christmas movie either but if you watch that movie like the very first scene is so Christmassy and it's like all these shots of like this small town in middle america and how wintry it is and 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 all the like the santa claus and the guys selling the uh christmas trees outside and stuff like that see i'm glad
1: you're saying all this now because there's people are going to listen to some of my picks and be like why does that count as a christmas movie because there's like
0: (laughs) christmasy stuff happening at certain parts there's (laughs) christmas aesthetic which is what matters but also if we're going to look at it plot wise this movie the plot of this movie happens because it's christmas because billy peltzer's dad gives him um he gives him this mogwai um gizmo uh because it's like a christmas present and then that's what leads to uh the whole all the shenanigans with the gremlins and i think it's just like it's such a clever movie there's so many little things in this that i think are wonderful like there's a my favorite scene in the movie is um the scene that's also very christmasy where the gremlins are kind of like running around the house and they're like terrorizing the mom because she's alone in the house and they start playing a record of, of like do you hear what i hear and it's like creepy yeah she's like walking around the house like trying to find them and the way they do the effects i think is really great and how they sell the gremlins because for a while for like half the movie you don't see a gremlin and um there's parts where they'll you'll see like the shadows or you'll see like one cupboard door will shut and then it's implied they went in that cupboard door. Um, but the camera will like pan over so you didn't get to see the gremlin in time. Um, and that's a great sequence too because you get amazing gremlin deaths. One of them gets put inside of a, uh, a, micro, a microwave and it explodes. Um, one of them gets stabbed into a table and impaled and stuck there and he's like wiggling around. <laughs> and um, it's easily like, I mean, gremlins started a genre of like Tiny, tiny monsters like causing a ruckus, kind of movies like critters and like um, ghoulies and stuff like that. Yeah, like obviously, Gremlins is like. Easily the best one. And wasn't it's like there the like a
1: weird backlash when that first came out? Because, like, it was such a hard sell for them of, like, what is this, so to speak?
0: Right. Well, it's the thing is, it's directed by Joe Dante. Yeah. Who was. Like, he's made a,
1: horror movies. He like made
0: he, the, the Howling. Yeah. Like he did horror movies. He wasn't like a family movie guy or a. a, a, a and he didn't, definitely didn't make, like, kids' movies. But then it was uh, originally going to be much more horrific. There was stuff in the original script where they were going to like cut off the mom's head and it was going to like roll down the stairs it was going to be like a really darkly comedic uh, like horror movie um but then uh steven spielberg's the executive producer and i think he spielberg'd it up and they made they added all the cutesy elements with gizmo and made it more family friendly and yeah
1: because it's Corey uh, I was gonna say, it. like it's like there's like gremlin deaths in it and shit but it's but like, yes but it's, like, I'm also sitting there going... Because I imagine, like, like, studios looked at it and they're just like, why don't we just make this a kid's movie? Because then right. we could sell the toys.
0: Or... And it's still weird for a kid's movie. Because, like, people still die in this movie. Yeah. And the movie's very lax about human death. Like, there's, like, an old lady who gets, sh- like, sh- flung out of her window and, like, just plummets onto the pavement. And it's played for comedy. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, it's it's all really well done. But it's... Yeah, it's, like, a dark comedy that somehow got sold to families because there was a cute little creature in it. Oh,
1: yeah, and then they watched it, and they're like, what the (laughs)
0: fuck? (laughs) Yeah, and Spielberg's name was on it, too. Yeah. Uh, And then there's also a really bizarre scene where Phoebe Cates' character is, like, talking about why she hates Christmas, and she has this really dark monologue about how her dad died on Christmas, and it, like, gives her some kind of semblance of character depth, I guess, but, like... I went to see this I saw this in theaters with my friends recently actually. It was playing in theater. And my was it friends, part of
1: uh, Midnight Madness? Or? No,
0: it was actually in um in uh um London when I was there oh, studying okay. uh on a study abroad, and um they my friends were like, Yeah, I was digging this movie until that weird monologue about her dad dying <laughs> and it's like tonally doesn't fit. But I think it's a special movie and it's very uh it's it's so like in terms of just, like, set pieces and the antics and stuff, it's really clever. And there's a lot of setups and payoffs in the movie. And I think if you're, like, a sucker for those, um, you'll like it. And then uh, also honorable mention, uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, is also a lot of fun. Because that movie is, like, a parody of the first one, basically.
1: Is there... A, I haven't seen it. Is there, like, Christmas elements to that I don't one? think there
0: is. Okay. <laughs> which is why I didn't put it on this list. But, it's
1: funny, because yeah. you mentioned Joe Dante. And I knew he had done, like, core movies like The Howling. I did not know he made, uh... Excuse me, I just
0: had it up. He directed Small Soldiers. Did he did. Yeah. Speaking of terrifying kids movies, yeah, Small Soldiers scared the crap out of me. Yeah, your toys <laughs> coming
1: to life, and yeah. basically, it's basically like Toy Story, but if it was like real life, and also not as good of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I was like, if your Toy store if your toys came to life, they'd have an existential crisis and try to kill you, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while though. I'll probably I'll probably watch it. It's probably bad, but I'll probably rewatch that one.
1: Yeah, I remember vaguely. I vaguely remember it from like the age of like eleven or twelve. I watched it because I like I started getting really into horror movies, but I was still kind of a baby, so I was still trying to like like what's a good mid ground? Yeah, and yeah, Gremlins seemed like the uh,
0: perfect choice for that. Do you want to go with your next one?
1: Yeah, I was sitting there. I was like, what What would be a good bounce off of that? Because hmm. it's supposed to be... Because that movie, it's kind of got like some horror elements. I'll just go with the one horror movie on my list.
0: Oh, you only have one?
1: Yeah, okay. I only got one. And we had talked about it off air. Black okay. Christmas.
0: Black Christmas. Yeah. The original?
1: The original, of okay. course. Of no, course. the remake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one that hasn't come out yet. Yeah.
1: The, uh, the 2006 worst <laughs> of the two. Uh, no, Black Christmas, actually, and... Um, What's interesting about Black Christmas is, uh, I believe, and you would be the first, because I could look it up right now, but I just don't want to You're talking dive. about the director? Yeah. It's,
0: yeah, it's yeah, from the, the director of A Christmas Story. Yeah, Bob another, Clark.
1: another Christmas. And he's yeah. like, let's do a Christmas movie again, but like a polar opposite one. <laughs> I think Go it was actually,
0: 10. I think it might have been pre A Christmas Story. So he might have really? softened up. Okay, now I have to look it up. God yeah. damn it. Because <laughs> Black Christmas was in the 70s, I believe. And then A Christmas Story, I think, came out in the 80s. Um, yeah, let's see, Black Christmas Oh, that the
1: one for the I have not, I'm actually interested, because we were talking about Because they are making a new one this year They're
0: making a second remake Yeah, yeah. a second, hopefully
1: they can do With it a little bit
0: Imogene Poots, who I like uh, Oh, from Green Room yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a good actor I dated uh-huh.
1: a girl who looked like her, that's irrelevant Anyway, <laughs> uh, she <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, no, um, Black Christmas came out in 1974 Okay, Christmas Story I know for sure was in the 80s yeah. Um, Christmas Story, yeah, that came out in 83, so almost 10 years later.
0: <laughs> yeah, he um he toned himself down a little bit. He toned
1: um, himself down and then made yeah. one of the most iconic Christmas movies ever made. Right,
0: well, and Black Christmas doesn't really get the credit it deserves, but it kind of is one of the very first slasher movies. It ever. might
1: be, like, the first major, like, I mean, because it came yeah. out
0: before Halloween. Came out before Halloween, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And also, too, if you really watch that movie, it, I, like, it holds up yeah it really does it's scary it's like, still scary the guy in the closet's it's creepy some of the the close-ups they do of just like his eye and just yeah. like that creepy face you see a silhouette of just like a rabid creepy face and right. it's just like and it's got all these great elements that are still used in horror today like they still it just basically just
0: beautiful women yeah <laughs> all over the place it's say. not exploitative though, in like a B movie way. Like, right. there's no like sex scenes. Yeah, or it's anything not like, like
1: Slumber Party Massacre where there's <laughs> right. an unnecessary three four minute shower scene that's just literally showing hot ass just like yeah. lathering up, which is a
0: great movie in its own way.
1: Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's like a fun. I mean, I, we may have touched on in the uh, Halloween episode. If not, that's definitely a Halloween movie. But uh, Black Christmas, I think for when that came out, it really, it still holds up. There's still elements of, like, horror that are still used today that were taken from that movie. And also, it does have this great Christmas feel. You, like, yeah. take the subject matter out of it. It's still got Christmas music. You, like, the watching. caroler
0: scene. There's a caroler scene. Yeah, there's thing, a yeah.
1: caroler scene. Um, there's, car- like, there's, like, Christmas lights throughout the entire movie, basically. The house they used for the movie just has a very Christmassy vibe. Yeah. And also, like, It's funny. I uh, my introduction to Black Christmas was, uh, and I also think we touched on this briefly. Was uh, uh, Bravo had this hundred scariest movie moments countdown in like two thousand four, and that was my introduction to a lot of horror movies. And uh, they were talking about uh, just like Christmas time, and they said like the suicide rate is like higher around Christmas time than any other part of the year. Whether that's factually accurate, I'm not sure. But it also is interesting because when you think about it, yeah, there's a lot of seasonal depression, so there is like a weird. Like dread and just like sadness that comes with the time of year, so it will only make sense to have like a horror movie on like supposedly that happiest time of year.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, well, it also has. Uh, you were talking about the elements of this movie that were really important. Like the, it's got the caller, the the killer's calling from inside of the house, kind of situation. And that
1: was before when a stranger calls. Yes.
0: Yeah. And then um, there's also I, I think this movie is like. In a different way, terrifies me the same way Halloween, the original Halloween does, which is like a character with no known motivations. But they do it in a different way where you never see him, you just hear him, and he's just speaking nonsense. Like, he's just, it's just like, Agnes, it's me, Billy. And he's like two voices talking to themselves. Yeah. And that's scary because there's no reason. He's not telling them why he's killing them. It's just like you you're, you just know that he's just, like, a disturbed person, and you don't know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is, like, that's just, like, pure terror, that premise, you know? Um, well, basically, didn't
1: he sneak out of a mental
0: institution and basically
1: just crawl, like, up the side of the house in through the window and just basically stayed in the attic?
0: If I'm not mistaken, they don't explain any of it in the original Black Christmas. Yeah. And then I think in the remake, they added some, like
1: element yeah, well because now everybody needs to know how right uh, like yeah
0: right even though like maybe it's scarier if you don't know <laughs> yeah
1: well that's most people's biggest fear whether they know it or not is right. i mean yeah that sounds weird explaining but like uh most people's biggest fear is like the fear of the unknown like not knowing yeah. why somebody would do something like that is so much scarier than sometimes the actual what he's doing
0: yeah yeah and the movie's got uh this movie has margot kidder on it yeah uh the late great margot kidder um who Olivia
1: Hussey Olivia sure. Hussey is yeah. great
0: Margot Kidder I think I was the one I always had a crush on in this movie just because she's like she's like the cool one where she's like is she the one that was She on the gets phone a little and, too drunk
1: yeah she gets a little <laughs> too drunk and she's a little not even bitchy she's, she's just kind of sassy on the phone yeah she's like the quick-witted one
0: she's wearing like a choker yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and then also uh the star of 2001 a space odyssey is in this movie oh the uh, guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Uh he's in this movie. He's Olivia Hussey's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then the 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 cop in this, John Saxon is the cop in this, and he's like the go-to like horror movie authority figure, because he's also um uh he's the dad from the dad slash cop from a nightmare on Elm Street, too. Uh and so he just got like typecast as that kind of guy. But it's a really good cast and it's it's a well done, like classy horror movie. It's not like uh you know the the schlock that you eventually get in the eighties.
1: Yeah, this isn't something. Also, too is like uh, like a lot of these Christmas movies. I feel like uh, uh, not the ones we're talking about, so to speak, but just Christmas movies in general are like things I would rent or just like stream once and maybe just watch it sometime down the line, like yeah. around Christmas. Black Christmas is one of the few movies uh, that I actually would own a physical copy of just because I do think at its core it's just a really good horror movie.
0: Yeah. And I've always been a Scream Factory stand. I was going to say,
1: Scream Factory has a great edition. They have a great uh, edition. I have that one at home. Yeah. Um, And uh, also, I believe both Shudder and Amazon Prime, it's streaming on both of them. So if you have either one.
0: It was on Shudder. I don't know if it's on there currently.
1: I believe Um, it's on one of them still. Which it probably is. It probably is. I think is. it's on Amazon Prime. I'm almost certain it's on one because I watched it right before Halloween. Okay. And whether or not it's still on shutters, I'm not 100% sure. I just Googled Black Christmas and they're already showing me show times for the uh, new one starting next <laughs> week.
0: Oh, yeah. It comes out on some Friday, December thirteenth.
1: Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, yeah, it's very clever, and it's also. Uh, I am very curious. I would like to see that in theaters. I definitely oh, yeah. want to see how that translates.
0: My my exams end like that day, so I'll see it then. Oh, it is it is on Shutter. So cool, if you have cool. Shudder, Black Christmas is still in there. Perfect. Looks like. Um, yeah. Uh, I also yeah Bob Clark weird career. He did that, and then he did a, he also did A Christmas Story, and he also did Porky's. Which did you ever see? Porky's? Yeah, I saw Porky's, uh, which is like the pre American Pie kind of uh, sex it's, comedy. It's
1: better than American Pie. <laughs> it's
0: yeah, I, I think I like it more than American Pie, um, just for one great scene. <laughs> the sh- there's a shower scene in Porky's that's like one of the funniest like sex comedy scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Black Christmas? Uh, besides watch it. No, yeah, I think we got it. Watch it. Yeah, um, you're gonna hear us say that a lot. <laughs> I guess going in like, okay, so there's a genre of movies, I kind of cheated. I, so I have Do one it. choice, but there's one I also want to mention.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: Because there's a genre of like killer Santa movies, you know? Yes. Um, I know a lot of people, this isn't on my list, uh, you know, Silent, Oh, you know, you is that, no, no, you—that was your only horror movie, right? Yes. Okay, so a yes. lot of people mention Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's which isn't is. Isn't there five of those? There's five. I think only three of them are actually part of the same story, and then the rest, like they're just they're they just have the title basically. Yeah. Um, the second one is a masterpiece bad movie. It's the Garbage Day one. Um, Garbage. (laughs) That's
1: right. My favorite thing about that entire shot is they move the garbage can. Like he would. Like he was going to see that guy in plain sight anyway. (laughs)
0: Right. It's just a reveal for the camera. Oh, it's a reveal (laughs) for the camera, not the actual guy who would have seen that guy regardless. It's 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 what Martin Scorsese would call cinema. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, but uh, I, I, I I I. Th- that's not on my list, but I do think that's uh, it's an honorable mention. Uh, that that's scene that's a fun alone. Movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then the first one is, is fun. It's bad. Like, some people genuinely consider it good. I think it has... Problems. <laughs> that's the
1: one with the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I have not seen this movie in a few years. It's, it's the one with the like the crazy grandpa, like Christmas time. Yes, it's the scariest damn time <laughs> of the year.
0: <laughs> Which be, is the best scene of the movie? because yeah, be, I'd be scared too. Because <laughs> the grandpa's like a vegetable, but then just like when nobody else is around, he comes to life and like tells yeah. him he's like it's the scariest damn night of the year, and then that's when uh, you know everything spirals out of control after that. But. Um that's a fun movie. They also made sort of a weird like a uh, half remake called Silent Night that had Malcolm McDowell in it. Which is kind of enjoyable, also just in terms of like Pierce Schlock, but
1: that's another guy weird career. He's like he makes a <laughs> Clockwork Orange, and then he just he just appears in weird like horror movies. He's in the Halloween remakes
0: Isn't by Rob that, Zombie. Yeah,
1: he's in that weird Silent Night like Revelations or Silent or oh, si- Silent Hill. Silent Matt. Hill. Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, He was in the sequel Revelations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember he showed up. I was like, oh, what is Malcolm doing, McDowell. Malcolm? I've met Malcolm McDowell. Uh, I've met Malcolm McDowell actually, and he's a sweet man. I um,
1: believe it, hundred <coughs> percent.
0: Excuse me. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if he wants to, uh, you know, take a handsome paycheck from some, uh, some maybe struggling indie directors or whatever, you know, yeah. good for him. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, More power to him, especially yeah. if he's a nice guy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but my my choice is a tie between two different Killer Santa movies. Okay. Uh, the first one is um, Christmas Evil. Okay. Uh, That's
1: kind of the lesser known of that in Silent Deadly Night. Yes.
0: And it came before Silent Night Deadly Night. I did not know that. Which is interesting because when Silent Night Deadly Night came out, it Like was a huge it caused this huge ruckus. Like
1: oh yeah, religious groups lost their goddamn Oh yeah,
0: they were like Santa Claus is sacred, which is funny. I'm like, I thought God was sacred to you guys, but but like I guess Santa Claus is too. It's even funnier. Wasn't Mickey
1: Rooney pissed off about it and then he showed up in the fifth one? He did show up in the the Killer Santa. I didn't know
0: I didn't know he was pissed about that one, but
1: No, apparently the backstory was he hated it. like the first one. He thought it was like blasphemy, and then of course three movies later he just shows up and he is the Killer Santa.
0: Fun fact, uh my my Mom and my grandma used to own a restaurant. Mickey Rooney came in one time. It was a Thai restaurant in Detroit, and he came in and flirted with my grandma for a little while.
1: Um, Is he basically I the same guy? I, 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 I'm assuming. I, I would assume. That just seems like a guy who's like that all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but he also was in a great Christmas movie, two great Christmas movies. He played Santa Claus in uh, um, the Rankin Bass uh, cartoons. Um, Santa Claus has come to town, and uh, the year without a Santa Claus. Oh, so
1: okay. I was sitting there going, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, <laughs> and then I thought about uh, like, oh, cartoons. Yeah. I've probably seen these, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: everyone's seen those. Yeah, um, those would make the list if they were like actual movies, but they're too short. Yeah. Um,
1: if we were just doing Christmas <laughs> stuff, I'm sure there would be this would be a much longer list. Oh, of course. Would yeah, um, there be a lot of Charlie Brown and all Char- kinds of Charlie Brown. shit that I, I
0: watched all the rank okay. bass cartoons.
1: Charlie Brown wasn't on your list, was it? No. Okay, cool. No. <laughs> um, Just checking.
0: <laughs> um, but Christmas evil came before, was also cause silent, dead, silent night, deadly night, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel famously read off the names of the crew and like said, shame on you on their show. Cause they hated it so much, but black Christmas beat every beat this movie to the punch and nobody talks about it. Or er, sorry, not black. Christmas. Uh, Christmas Evil. They all have Christmas in the they title. We're going we're to screw it up. It's really <laughs> confusing. Uh, Christmas Evil really beat this movie to the punch. and um, Christmas Evil is also a really cool name for a movie. Yes. it's. It had a couple titles, too. It was also called You Better Watch Out. Um, That's not bad. Which is also a good title, which ended up being used as a title for another Christmas horror movie later on, so that makes things... Definitely like extremely confusing. Um but this is uh famously John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. John Waters, um, from, John. Uh... John Waters, the director of Pink Flamingos. I was trying
1: and... to remember that movie where like they eat dog shit and I was just yes, like Pink eh, flamingos, Pink
0: flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Pink Flamingo's famous uh comedian, author, director, John Waters. Oddball. And so that's how I saw this movie was because he actually he recommended it. And um it's it was on Shudder at the time. I think it still is. I believe it still is, yeah. And <clears throat> This movie, what's interesting is it's not entirely like a schlocky, <clears throat> despite the, what the name would tell you, it's not like a schlocky horror movie the way that like Silent Night, Deadly Night is. It's like, um, it, it has like, a, it's it, I would compare it to like, it's not as good, but it's like a Christmassy taxi driver in a way. Where like, a good portion of this movie is about like a lonely guy's deterioration and, and him just like slowly going mad and, like, wanting to do something and wanting... You see that he, like, pictures himself as Santa Claus. He wants to, like, take care of the kids and he wants to, you know, punish the naughty ones and 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 uh, give gifts to the good ones. And um, a lot of it is spent on his, like, his psychological breakdown. And um, then the third act is where it kind of really becomes, like, a horror movie. And even then it's, like... You see him doing good things too, cause he's trying to be good, but then he ends up uh, killing some people, and it's such a strange, special movie. Um, the it it seems very dreamlike. You know, it doesn't um, it doesn't have a very straightforward uh, way of um, like in terms of its visual style, uh and editing and it's it's got a look to the movie that I really like that's very like fuzzy and warm and, and obviously like the Christmas um aesthetics are like front and center of the whole movie. And but there's like shots. There's a shot of like a neighborhood when he's like running down the street and it's one of the most beautiful shots of like Christmas time suburbia I've ever seen. And I think it's really clever and it, it works as kind of a dark comedy in that way too where they yeah. sneak in like that commercialism or the things that make us feel Um, nostalgic about christmas and then also tell this kind of disturbing story uh and then it also has an amazing ending like i won't spoil it but the very last scene of this movie is like one of my favorite endings to a horror movie ever um but there's that and then the other one that it tied with is a movie that i actually saw really recently that's also on shutter called is it an older movie before you uh yes
1: i was gonna see if i could guess it do you want to guess it this might be tough. I was going to say, you already said Christmas Evil, you already said
0: Silent Night, Daily Night.
1: Is it kind of like those so bad it's good
0: horror? It's I, I'm, I'm very mixed. It's kind of bad, but I also think it's actually legitimately kind of good.
1: <laughs> then I'm probably not going to guess. So it's it.
0: Okay, so it's a French movie, uh, right. and it came out in 89, and it's called Dial Code Santa Claus. Um, I don't
1: know what that is at
0: all. Also known under many other titles. It's also known as Game Over. It's also known as Deadly Games uh, and a few other titles. But um, this movie is famous for the fact that the filmmakers behind it tried to sue uh, the people who made Home Alone. Because they they thought they ripped them off. Home Alone came out a year later in 1990 and has similar elements so is
1: this basically home alone if like it was a little it was less family friendly but it was still built around the idea of like a home invasion yes
0: yeah so the the plot of this movie is you have this main kid who's very he's a he's like a son of like a rich uh rich family they like own a company and it's in a mansion right and um He's like obsessed with action movies and stuff. So part of this movie was me going like where was this movie my whole life because when I was a kid I would have especially been into this because I would have identified with the kids so much. Um, and basically the plot is his mom is away because she's running this company. She has to do something on Christmas Eve. the whole movie takes place on Christmas Eve and um, this uh, there's a psycho who uh, dresses up as Santa Claus and he wants to um, he ends up getting fired by the mom. At this uh, thing, and he decides he wants to go um, to the house and kill the kid. So the kid's home alone with his grandpa, and so the kid has to not only protect himself but protect his grandpa too. And the first half of this movie is so sweet and heartfelt, and you really actually like the kid and the grandpa, like they have a sweet relationship, and you don't want anything to happen to them. Like it's 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 not like it feels it doesn't feel like they're setting up much menace at the beginning of this movie um but then when yeah when the psycho santa shows up and like immediately shows that he's like trying to kill them um it the movie gets wild and it uh it's not necessarily like all booby traps like Home Alone is it's parts of it reminded me more of like Die Hard in a way with him like sneaking around and uh the kid has like his own like private rooms that nobody knows about um And, uh, but I actually like, it's one of the few movies where you actually feel like the kid's in danger. Like I thought the kid and especially the grandpa were in danger for a lot of the movie. Um, the movie has like a rock and roll soundtrack at times that was interesting. Like there's a lot of choices of music that I really like. And, but my favorite aspect of the movie for sure is that from the kid's perspective, he thinks it's actually Santa Claus trying to kill him is the best part where he Because he thinks if he stays up late, he was told that if he tries to see Santa Claus, Santa Claus will, like, try to kill him. So that's what ends up happening. And so he thinks he's actually fighting Santa Claus, uh, which is wonderful. And it's, in a way, I think it's legitimately good. There's hokey things about it. Like, people can find it silly, you know? And that's fine. Same thing with Christmas Evil. But I think they're both, like legitimately good movies that can kind of get lost in the shuffle of like silent like deadly night kind of movies you know so and what's what it my... called uh dial code santa claus i think is like the most okay. widely known version it's also known as um i'm just
1: adding it to a list so i can
0: i think on imdb it has the name game over game over yeah and then on on shutter it says like it... uh dial code santa claus aka deadly games or something so it's got a lot of titles, but super underrated. It didn't have an American release until uh, last year. It premiered at a festival. Um, and so now we're blessed with it. And I think it's just a, it's wonderful. And okay. It's probably going to be like a yearly tradition for me. Interesting.
1: No, I have never heard of this movie, so that's why I didn't talk much that entire yeah, time. Yeah, I was just sitting true. there, I was just like, how have I not heard of this? It sounds. <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, I don't want to, because I love Home Alone, but it's just kind of like, it almost sounds like Home Alone just done, like, how a kid would actually think <laughs> and react to something like that. That's it, scary.
0: It, it feels like Home Alone with, yeah, well, more like it's actually terrifying. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're actually scared. Like, in, in Home Alone, for the most part, you feel like Kevin McAllister's, like, on top of things, you know? Until one point, like you just feel like, oh, he can handle this, Um, except for certain parts. But uh, yeah, I think this it legitimately works in like a very. It it makes you stressed, Um, but it's also like I said, there's heart to it, and you actually care about the characters. It's not just like pure schlock, and so that's why I think it's (laughs) it's it's really good. And uh, I I had this list pretty much prepared, but I watched this movie like two days ago on Shudder, and I was like, oh, I have to mention this. So. Uh, that's probably my most, like, deep cut recommendation.
1: I feel like if that's your deep cut, I feel like mine would have to be, like, the one where I'd get the most polarizing, like, reaction to it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, I was sitting around thinking about this. I'm so sorry. About, about, uh, like, Christmas movies. And, uh, and part of me doesn't, I think, because I made a list of six just in case. Because I feel, I really felt the need to, like, uh bring it up sure which is uh is that eric or is that yeah.
0: tanner that's uh, tanner should we pause uh, you can pause for a sec Kay.
1: and yeah basically so uh yeah if you don't know we paused for a second but <laughs> we we're uh, back we're back <laughs> uh yeah we were i we paused specifically because i was like i've already talked about this movie before should i bring it up and we said no, to hell with it uh my pick is in bruges And the reason I bring it up is because there's like little hints of Christmas, like aesthetically you see throughout it. But there's also like a vibe of Christmas because it's cold. And it's also you're following these two guys who are very isolated because of what they do. Yeah. And uh, Brendan Gleeson loves Bruges. Yeah. Uh, Colin Colin Farrell Farrell hates it. Does not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But there's like these, there's little Christmas elements throughout. And I wanted to bring that one up specifically because I, there's another movie I'm going to talk about later too, but I also wanted to, uh, because I actually had to Google, is in Bruges a Christmas movie? (laughs) And I came across an article from uh, film at avclub.com.
0: Oh, this is the article that you had to. Yeah. I pulled up up
1: by Vikram Murthy and he wrote this article December 16th, 2015. I love the timestamp. He wrote it at exactly nine a.m.
0: Oh wow! And, good for you, Vikram. Uh, yeah, get up early. He, uh, yeah, good for
1: him. And uh, the uh, the header of the article is, uh, or the headline is, uh, "Imbrugge captures the existential weight of the Christmas season." Okay. And you know, I like. I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, he's capturing almost like the sad part of Christmas for a lot of people—is <laughs> that feeling of like loneliness and isolation." And when you really do watch the movie, there is. Like I said, there's elements of Christmas to it, but there is, like, that feeling of just, like, loneliness and existential dread throughout, like, on top of it, like, visually it's being, like, winter outside, they're shooting a movie that's got snow in it, it's cold, all that kind of stuff. Like, that feeling, like, is throughout the entire movie, so, and for me, too, I also watch In Bruges around Christmas time every year. It's, like, one of my two favorite movies of all time. So just like that being said, like this is probably the most polarizing sure pick on my list, but I think it's worth mentioning.
0: I do, I forget does the movie take place around Christmas time? Is there any mention of that? Or it's not
1: really mentioned because like it's almost I want to say it's almost like ambiguous. Okay, like I'd have to like rewatch the movie. Unfortunately, I don't think they
0: state the time year Oh, but I, f- I think I remember when. Ray finds his home with his family. That there might be some Christmas like aesthetics in that scene.
1: Yeah, um, like I'd I have to rewatch it. Like, I feel bad because I should know this, but I don't.
0: <laughs> like, but. if you're gonna make the bold statement, this is yeah. a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm making a strong. <laughs> have, yeah, I'm making a strong point, but I don't. I'm not even backing it up very well.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like the choice. It's I like bold choices, and unlike some people out there, I will never. Some <laughs> I will never like. Go like how dare you consider this a Christmas movie, mm. like some people do. Um, <laughs> but that's one thing is like, yeah, I might have the opinion that certain movies are Christmas movies, but I've never like tried to convince somebody that their Christmas choice is not good or it doesn't yeah. count. You know. Yeah. Imagine being that kind of person.
1: <laughs> yeah. What a miserable existence that yeah, would be. It would be horrible. Okay. Since I mentioned there were six, the other one of the, like, this, I'm going to call it the backup pick. Sure. It's going to fall under the same sort of category. So, you want me to just mention that real yeah, quick? And then we can go back to you. Yeah. Uh, Fargo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know, like, offhand, because I haven't seen it in a couple of years, if there's, like, Christmas aesthetic there. But it is set in the wintertime, like, oh, yeah. the entire movie. Oh,
0: it's definitely set in the winter time. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: northern um, Minnesota?
0: Um f- well yeah Fargo's in North Dakota or North Dakota, North Dakota but most oh, of the I'm movie shoot myself most I should of the movie takes t- like the top of my head. well the interesting thing yeah. is like only part of the movie takes place in Fargo and most of it's in Brainerd I think which is one thing about the movie that's interesting but Fargo's just a much better title
1: yeah <laughs> Fargo's a much better title but I definitely think like there's something about it that just it feels appropriate to watch it around Christmas time yeah like even though it's not like about Christmas at all. It's just because it's set in just, like, a small town in, like, the dead, just the worst of winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it just, it feels appropriate. Like, if there's snow on the ground, I like watching that movie.
0: Yeah. I, I, um... I mean, I love movies set in the snow. That's, like, a weird thing of mine. Like, yeah. that's why The Thing is one of my favorite movies oh, yeah. of all time. Uh, the Shining, too, set in the snow. Yeah. Those um, are also two movies I sat down and I was like, can I, can I weasel this shit? <laughs> I thought <laughs> um, about it. But, yeah, I mean, Fargo also has, like, um, the family elements with, like, Frances McDormand home yeah. with her, her husband and she's expecting. And there's a lot of human parts to that story. And William H. Macy is, like, a so-called family man who... Um, isn't doing a good job at it. <laughs> yeah,
1: the weird visual elements, too, just seeing people constantly in hats and gloves and, yeah. like, the uh, pale faces but red noses, rosy cheeks. There's, like, right. little th- visual things like that, subtle things that just kind of give me that wintry sort of vibe.
0: And, um, the, I mean, one of my one of the great scenes, there's a whole scene where this guy, it's the guy, t- like... The guy, this, there's this fella saying he was going crazy up at the lake, that guy. Yeah. And the guy questioning him and you never see his face the entire scene because they're standing outside and he's got his hood up. Yeah. So, like, there's there's a lot of choices like that where right? I think they just drive home the location so well. And I always talk about how there's not a lot of like authentic Midwest um, uh, like representation in mainstream movies, I think. Um, that Fargo movie, probably nailed it the best. It nailed it the best. Maybe it, even going further than actual reality <laughs>
1: oh
0: but, yeah but it's it's such a one it's one of my favorite movies of all time like if i made a top 10 i'd probably be on there same there yeah. the it's other, my favorite coen brothers movie it's
1: definitely my favorite coen brothers movie and another thing too and this you know might be blasphemy amongst uh, movie fans but uh i'm starting to adore movies that are like that good that are only 90 minutes fargo is like yeah. 90 minutes yeah and when a movie's three and a half hours, I could sit there and go, Oh, this is a great movie. I'm this is me just venting about the Irishman. It's just it could be a movie I'm fine if it's three and a half hours, but just know I'm never gonna I'm never gonna go out of my way to watch it again, probably. Well,
0: sure, yeah. Well yeah, and I mean certain movies are more rewatchable than others. Um I can watch uh, Fargo
1: three times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Fargo is... Well, I, I also think, yeah, the the tight 90 is very underrated. Yes. People look down a, a, on 90-minute movies a lot of the time because usually it means they're not the deeper ones. A lot of the Oscar contenders are at a minimum of two hours most yeah. of the time.
1: Unless you're like Lady Bird.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. But a lot of them, it's like... You know, it's the genre movies usually yeah. that are ninety minutes. The horror movies and the action movies and horror and flitters, comedy
1: definitely should adhere to the ninety minute.
0: Yeah, like unless you're, you know, like The Shining, and you're making like an epic horror movie of some kind. Um, for the most part, like it really works within those parameters. And you know, I think it was Roger Ebert who said, like, I, I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with the statement, but I understand what he's saying when he said, like, no good movie is too long, and no bad movie is too short. Yeah, um, and I like I I understand what he's saying in that. That's like, don't exhaust yourself. Don't go past ninety minutes. So you don't have to, you know. Um, and uh, I think Fargo, yeah, Fargo is like a and it's like a dark comedy too. That was a big Oscar contender too. I think the year it came out. Frances yeah. McDormand won Best Actress. For it that. was
1: Roger Ebert's favorite movie of nineteen ninety sure uh, six five. Uh six. I out. think. Okay. Yeah. But I do know it was his favorite movie of the year.
0: Yeah. And it's it's probably my favorite movie of that year too. I would agree. And, um, uh, according to my my Letterbox, <laughs> list best movie from each year. Uh, but yeah, no, I love I love Fargo. I think that's uh, definitely at least not if it's not for Christmas, just for the time. Yeah, like if you want a good wintry movie. To yeah, watch that, that's why in. I lumped
1: that and In Bruges together in like a similar vein. Not entirely Christmas movie. There might be like hints of Christmas aesthetic throughout, but I definitely think that wintry sort of Christmas vibe is definitely.
0: Yeah, It exists. For sure. Yeah, um, So, I'm thinking about what you said about In Bruges. I remember a quote, and this is going to segue into my next choice, um, but Shane Black was talking about why he makes all of his movies take place. You probably have a Shane Black choice, so we'll, we'll go to mine and then we'll go to yours. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, Shane Black was talking about why he makes so many movies take place during Christmas time, because famously, like... All, almost all the movies he's written take place at Christmas or have a Christmas element to them um, and most and like half the ones he's directed do too um, and he explained that like it adds a there's a self reflection during Christmas time and he said something that I thought was really interesting where he said like uh, lonely people are lonelier around Christmas time and that kind of reminds me of what you said of about um, in Bruges and the existential dread is because like you know, you're you're kind of like in this state where like everyone's just supposed to be happier and stuff like that. And if you are lonely, it hurts more. And so, uh, a lot of his characters are lonely. Um, I didn't go with the obvious Chain Black movie choice. I love a lot of his movies. Um, I probably love the one that you chose. Uh, I don't know what it is yet, but I think I do. Um, but my choice um, is uh, the long kiss goodnight. It is not the pick, but okay. now
1: that I do have a Shane Black, should I mention it, and then we can just talk about Shane Black for a sec? Sure, yeah. What's yeah, yours? I picked Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I
0: figured it was Kiss Kiss yeah. Bang Bang. Okay, yeah. Here's the
1: thing, also honorable mention, The Nice Guys does have Christmas elements At the end it? of it, it's yeah. Christmas.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Nice Guys, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. Um, I mean, I'll... Uh, oh, Lethal Weapon, too, yeah. is a Christmas movie. Um, And I, I thought Lethal Weapon was... That, that's an honorable mention for me. I do love that movie. Um, But... Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight wasn't directed by him Kiss Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang was That was I know his like directorial He just wrote last He wrote Long Kiss Goodnight It was directed by Runny Harlan Who also did Die Hard 2 So he was well versed in Christmas action movies (laughs) At that time See
1: I I have not seen this movie I'm aware of it I have not seen it so
0: Oh it's great It's like Jason Bourne If he was a housewife is kind of the plot. And it, it came out before the Bourne movies, but, uh, Gina Davis is the star of the movie. And she's this, like, she's this, you know, married, she's got like a nice, um, uh, sort of like, um, uh, domestic life going on, but she has amnesia and she doesn't really remember anything that's happened. I think more than like four or five years ago. Uh, Cause she was like found one day, but and she doesn't remember who she was. And basically um, Samuel Jackson is a private investigator who she's hired to like try to find out more about what her identity was. And basically somebody ends up showing at her up at her house and trying to kill her. So... She and Samuel Jackson kind of go on like a road trip to try to uh, find out about her past. And it turns out, to a certain extent, uh, not to spoil too much, but she was sort of a Jason Bourne type. Like, she's a highly skilled individual uh, who might have been an assassin. And um, it's really funny, too, because you see her go from this very, like, uh, this, um, you know, really sweet uh, maternal character into becoming, you know, like a badass uh, over the course of the movie, and she sells both really well. Like I, like I'm sure I don't know if you've seen like Thelma and Louise, and you know like yeah. the kind of actor Gina Davis is, but she's she is very like, you know, maternal and sweet. And uh, but then yeah, when she has to get like tough in the third act and stuff, it's it it you buy the transition, and it happens. Uh, naturally, I think um, there's a lot of interesting choices the movie makes too. There, there's like some dream sequences earlier on that kind of hint at like her psychological issues, um, and uh, I I liked that. That was an interesting thing because Renny Harlan's kind of considered like a hack now, but I think he made a lot of good choices in this movie. Um, and it does take place at Christmas time. It's snowy the whole movie. That adds a lot to a lot of the set pieces. There's a scene when um, she and Samuel Jackson have to jump out of this window and they're about to land on the ice. And then it's like over a pond. So she takes the machine gun and like shoots at the ice to perforate a hole so they can go through. And, uh, and so it's, yeah, it's just a wonderful action movie. And Shane Black's dialogue is really great. It still has like the heart, you know, elements with like her family and her husband and how, you know, she is like this new person who wants to like settle down. And um, and so I think it's uh, it's very, very underrated. But I, I love this movie, I think. Um, yeah. I highly recommend it So you have yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I have yeah. not seen it. I didn't even want to sit here and pretend like I have. I was like, <laughs> I'm aware of this, but I have nothing to contribute. So I'll let you uh, tell me about its greatness. And I'm glad you did because now I have something to watch. There you go
0: uh so uh, kiss kiss bang bang What's-
1: I mean that is kind of like the obvious if we're going by Christmas because there's sure. just a lot of Christmas aesthetic throughout that entire movie yeah um but that's also like I mean maybe we've talked about it but it's also one of my just all time favorite movies it's yes. in my top five and it's partly because it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen but it's also like a spoof of film noir in yeah. so many ways and film noir is great I'm not here to diss it But there is a lot of elements of film noir that are very silly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this movie just is just, they just tear it to shreds. But in the best way possible. It doesn't feel cheap. It's uh, This is also, I believe, the first movie uh, Robert Downey Jr. did once he got clean right before I it's definitely the movie he did right before Iron Man but yeah
0: it's around that time yeah which he ironed. was he was on the the up and up I know when this yeah so
1: like this is like when he started getting his, like his act together
0: yeah
1: um but like it's him Michelle Monahan who's always been like yeah. I mean she's a great actress but she's also just been a celebrity crash for me
0: yeah yeah Um, since
1: like adolescent she's great
0: val kilmer yeah gay perry gay perry he's so funny
1: he is so funny this
0: might be this is probably my favorite val Kilmer. that's easily my
1: favorite val Kilmer. i like i just quote his lines just like (laughs) yeah it's just like uh if you looked up the word idiot in the dictionary you know what you'd find a picture of me no the definition of the word idiot which you fucking are yeah oh
0: yeah it's it's so great um And it's another movie where, like, uh, I mean, the the whole catalyst is, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is trying to steal something for his nieces, to give to his niece for Christmas. Yeah. And and then that's how he ends up getting into this whole situation where he has to become a private detective, basically. But I think... um, the clever, most clever thing about Shane Black as a writer is, and I, I think he's talked about this, he just loves to, like, challenge our ideas of, like, the movie Tough Guy, you know? Yeah. Which I guess it has a lot of its origins in film noir. And so the whole movie is, like, Robert Downey Jr. is posturing as this... He's trying to, like, posture as a detective that he isn't. Um, and... It's it gets like farcical, like the part where he loses his finger. <laughs> oh yeah! And out of like a just a small misunderstanding, it's not even like a pl- like important to the plot when it happens. Um, and then a dog swallows it. A dog <laughs> swallows it. I love I love the gag where he's like doing Russian roulette to like interrogate a guy. Oh yeah! And then he actually ends up killing him. Yeah. And he's just oh, like, let's try this again. Yeah. He's like, did you put a live round of that gun? He's like, I thought it was like a 6% chance. And he's like, 6% who taught you math? <laughs> it's it's so funny. And I, I think like as a director, like he came out swinging with this movie because there's so many weird choices he makes. Like I love, there's a scene where like, uh, towards the end where he has a scene where it's like a, a fake out where you think, everybody who died in the movie came back and they all show up, yeah. like, briefly. And uh, the way they play with perspective like that, because it's narrated by Robert Downey Jr., too. Yeah. And I think that that's really funny. And it makes it more interesting than, like, a typical buddy cop Action movie, like, yeah,
1: and then it's also just really morbid at times, especially uh, when he's like taking a piss and he's on the phone, and then he sees the corpse and, and he, just, oh. he
0: pisses on the and corpse. He's just like,
1: I peed on the corpse, and then he just like, he's just like, anyway, what a minute, so like, no, 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 now we're gonna back up. Why the fuck did you pee on the
0: corpse? <laughs> right, yeah, no, it's 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 so funny, and and I love. That dynamic of uh, Val Kilmer being the, the, the straight man, ironically enough. Yeah. He's the gay character, but he's he's the straight man. Between he really is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like and, he, yeah, he only has, like, that one, like, part where his, like, gayness comes out where he's, like, he's in the hospital and he just has him, like, he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you like what you see? He's like, yeah. And he turns him around just so he could, like, gawk at, like, the doctor walking down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically it.
0: Well, I love the part where he's, like, uh, he has a bit where he pretends he's, like, baiting a guy where he's, like grabbing he put his puts his, his hands in his pants and yeah. he's like grabbing his penis and then it turns out it's because he had a gun hit in there and he like shoots him through the crotch in his pants um it's yeah it's so great and and like uh honestly kind of progressive to have like a a tough guy actor like val kilmer play because because i think i was i was talking i um uh to some people about how the new the jungle cruise movie is um uh, has like the first gay, openly gay character in like a Disney movie. And it's, yeah, he's played by Jack Whitehall. And he's like, he's not even in the trailer. Like, you know, it's going to be like a part that they can cut out for the Chinese release. But, um, <laughs> but it's like, I was, I heard some people just say, like, you know, it'd be progressive or something as if they like made The Rock the gay character or something. Like, why does it have to be just the side guy, you yeah. know? And I was like, yeah, in this movie, you had Val Kilmer, who's a, you know, top gun and, um, uh, Batman. He, Batman. <laughs> he was Batman. He was the you know um, uh, what's uh, Tombstone with Kurt Russell. Oh the, yeah. Where's the you know I'll be your Huckleberry, and he's a he's gay, but like, and that's like his sexual preference, but he's also like the most competent like. You know, he wasn't a parody of character. gay men. He definitely not. No, yeah. like that was just a thing about him.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was just like he would. He just happened to be kind of like a bitchy, sarcastic guy at times. Yeah. Right.
0: It's like because if you look at like a lot of like '90s rom-com characters, the gay characters, like that's what he is. He's gay. And that's like what he that's all there is to him. Yeah. Like that's his, his that's all the art.
1: Yeah. It's, right. just, <laughs> it's been done to death, is the overtly gay guy who sounds like an Italian mother.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I look, actually, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a better movie than Long Kiss Goodnight. I think Long Kiss Goodnight I chose because of the Christmas aesthetics, and I think it's just more underrated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because, and Long, uh, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has a great um Christmas feel throughout. Yes, the, he, there's a scene at the Christmas party in the beginning where yep. he's meeting everybody, and there's that lady who is in like a, she's like I'm an actress, and it cuts to her in this horrible horror movie where she's yeah. like topless and somebody punches her head off. But
1: yeah, and then uh, my favorite though is just like they expose some of the phoniness of Hollywood. It's like, are you a director? And then he's just like, uh, like it just it's eventually she's like, all right, I'm gonna go talk to someone else. He's like, is that all you need? Okay. <laughs> okay. yeah. just like a, just pointing out just like bullshit people like kissing yeah. up to you just hoping to get work well, and you thing.
0: feel like it's like Shane Black getting out his frustration with the industry yeah. to a certain extent too
1: that's another thing too is that uh, poor Shane Black is uh, like I, I don't know I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang also bombed at the box office but all, uh, the nice guys I don't think made back until oh, yeah. like DVD sales
0: people like didn't him. see the nice guys and that's like everyone like goes crazy about it. we have no original movies or whatever. And that's like an original script written by a guy. Yeah. He wrote and directed it. It's a writer-director, which we don't often get. And... Like, a really great, clever, funny movie that pretty much everyone loves. Nobody saw it. We're not getting a sequel, even though he clearly wanted to do one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still want it. I definitely see it. Like, if he changed his mind. If somehow, for some reason, somebody gave Shane Black the money to do a nice guy's Hey, Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. Netflix. Make a series or whatever. Get Or or just get, you know, Ryan Gosling, Gosling, Russell Russell Crowe, The Daughter. Um the black dude from They Live. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely see those uh the any sequel to that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's one of one of my favorite screenwriters. His his movies are like candy to me. It's like I can just watch oh, all yeah. of them in one sitting. Here's
1: <laughs> the thing is I will intently watch it. I've purposely put on like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as background noise because <laughs> I was doing something else and I enjoyed it so much I stopped. It's it no longer was background noise to what I was doing like typing yeah. or whatever. I was like, "No, I'm just going to watch this good movie."
0: But yeah so um yeah and also like i said honorable mention lethal weapon that's yeah. a movie the very first scene they're playing jingle bell rock when yeah. a girl jumps out of a window
1: <laughs> honorable mention every shane black movie
0: every shane black film ever um uh less boy scout is great too but i don't think that has any anything christmasy about it no, i'm not 100% um, sure either. Uh, i'll have to i'll have to go back and watch it i guess dang you have darn, to watch i'll shane have to black. watch another shane black movie <laughs> um should I go on with my fifth? Yes, please. Uh, so my fifth, I guess this one's more obvious. Um, maybe not. It's not considered a classic. It's pretty recent. Um, but I had a Michael Doherty movie in my last list, which was uh, Trick or Treat. Okay. And so my pick for this list is Krampus.
1: Ah, okay, okay, um,
0: okay. And I love Krampus. It's kind of got like a mixed reception. I know people... I. I, I in a lot of ways I loved it for similar reasons that I love Gremlins, but I've met people who love Gremlins who are like, yeah, I was disappointed by Krampus. And I'm not sure, I guess it depends on what you're hoping for when you see this movie, but... I kind of adore this movie. Like it's, it's. Um,
1: I saw it in theaters. I have not watched it since.
0: Do you? Do you remember much about it? Not we
1: saw? really. Here's the thing. I did enjoy it. I'm trying to remember who's the guy. What's the actor's name? Adam, Adam, Scott. Adam, Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. I almost Scott. said Adam McKay. That's not. No. <laughs> it's
0: got a great cast. Adam Scott and uh, Tony Collette play the parents in this movie. That, I years.
1: think that's Tony Collette's, like go-to role. Just be the weird mom in every movie. <laughs> Hereditary.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, David Koechner's in it. He's plays sort of like a Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation kind of character. Okay. Um, and I, the movie is it's a silly movie. Like it's it's intentionally kind of a you know funny because that's the kind of movie that Michael Doherty does. Um, if you've ever seen Trick or Treat, but the the, the intense scenes are very intense. Uh, there's a scene very early on where you first meet Krampus, and he's, like, jumping on all these houses, and he's just chasing this girl down the street. And the, the scene is, like, so white because there's a blizzard happening throughout this entire movie. And um, it's... It's it's legitimately kind of, like, like it's stressful. Uh, it's really funny and goofy at times. There's this whole element of how he has, like, his helpers. So there's, like, evil gingerbread men and stuff like that, um, which is funny. That's very Gremlins-esque. Uh, but it's also, um, but, like, yeah, in these scenes, like, the sound design was so great. Like, you hear the blizzard going on outside this house the whole time, and, um Uh, The cinematography is, I think, amazing. Like, I love the way he makes his movies look. Like, the color palettes are so, like, just stark. And they, like, stick in your head. Like, I can see images from this movie, like, in my head, just, like, thinking about it. Um, And then there's a grandma character who's awesome. And she has a flashback scene that turns into, like, a stop-motion Christmas animation scene. (laughs) Which is, I think, like, the cherry on top to this movie. So, um, I love Krampus. It's, uh... There's not a whole lot to say about it, but it's, it's, oh, I also think one thing I think about this movie that I really love is it's sort of like a Christmas Carol-esque story of like, or, or like a It's Wonderful Life also kind of story of like redemption, where it's like some kind of supernatural element has to shake up these people's lives for them to learn a lesson about themselves, except they just go full horror with it. Um, yeah. But once you watch the whole movie and you take it all in, you're like, "Oh, it's like it's basically like a Christmas Carol or or It's a Wonderful Life. It's just uh, not uh, you know not as family friendly. Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot scarier. It's just a lot scarier. It's a little terrifying. Some people get eaten alive or whatever. Um, but it's 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 a perfect movie for Christmas time. I, I'm still trying to I'm going to try to convince my sister to watch this uh, this Christmas because I I think she'll. I think she she thinks she'll hate it, but I think I could make. her like It
1: also it. adheres to like the ninety minute like movie sort of thing, yes. so I think it's not it's not gonna be too hard to convince her. Oh yeah, yeah. it's
0: a tight, quick, brisk genre movie. Um, so, I I I think more people should give this movie a chance as they happen. There was a, there's a lot of movies with Krampus in them too. There's yeah. like, and most of them are terrible. Like most of them are like direct to DVD trash. Um, there's a. I've seen a couple of them, or like parts of them. There, there's one that's okay called uh, Christmas Horror Story, which I also saw on uh, Shudder last year. That one's kind of decent. It's like a it's like a anthology movie sort of. Uh, and there's a story in it that has Krampus, and then uh, of course it ends with Santa Claus fighting Krampus, which is pretty amazing. Um, but this movie is a little more grounded than that, oddly enough. Like it's it's more of just like a simple like. There's no Santa Claus in this movie. It's just like Krampus versus this family. Uh, but yeah, I really love it. I think it's great. Hell uh, yeah. Um, yeah, probably not... Like I said, not much to say about it. But um, yeah, that's my that's my five. You have one more left, right? I do. Okay, what is it?
1: Uh, okay, so I had to think long and hard about this one. <laughs> because I wanted to do an animated movie. Okay. And I had two choices in mind. One uh, came out very recently is not a Christmas movie. Uh, and then the other came out probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Okay. And it is a Christmas movie. And I had to think about it. So I'm going to talk about the one, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to the other. Okay. So the my final pick is The Polar Express. Okay. And the honorable mention, people might lose their goddamn mind, is Frozen because (laughs) here's the reason I'm going to give it the honorable mention it's not a Christmas movie but I saw it around Christmas time when it first came out before they started overplaying the songs and all that other happy horse shit right and then they just ruined like a decent thing because it is like if you look at it at face value it's a really fun cute kids movie yeah and, but again, too much of anything, it gets annoying really quick. Sure. But I think if you've never seen it, which at this point, I mean, I would be surprised for most people if they haven't. You've
0: definitely heard it. Yeah. If you 100%. Seen
1: it. <laughs> but, I mean, just if you can just get over the ridiculous amount of hype surrounding it and just yeah. people not just endlessly singing the songs and all that kind of stuff. Right. I do think it's like a cute kids movie that I think is perfect to watch right around Christmas time because yeah. there is like like the story of just like um, togetherness, love, um, sisterhood. Like there's all these little things that I think are like good for like a feel-good Christmas time yeah. sort of thing. So I think it was worth bringing up and I almost did pick it as my last one.
0: And the thing is about that movie that I think... That we consider overplayed are overplayed for a reason. Yes. Let It Snow is a great song. Or Let It it Snow.
1: (laughs) It is interesting how similar those... (laughs) Let Let It Go is
0: a great song. Let It Snow. (laughs) Um, And, um... (laughs) Also, uh, yeah. Dude, do you want to build a they snowman? Dude, maybe that song, song
1: entirely. That's hilarious, actually.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a different tune. I know, but even we still, have... let it, snow. it reminds me of, uh, you, you ever see Love Actually? Yes. You know how Bill Nye is like, covering Love is All Around, but he's changing it to Christmas is All Around? Yeah. It's like that kind of... Uh, that, that's an honorable. I don't know. I don't even know if I like Love Actually. I kind of do, <laughs> actually. I, I kind of do. You love it, actually. I love. I like it, actually. <laughs> actually, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I like Love Actually. There's elements to it I like. I yeah. mean. Uh... There's there's worse movies of that kind. Yeah, I'd say for sure. For
1: sure. There's definitely. They're always trying to make a similar. I feel like Last Christmas is what they're trying to. Right.
0: Or like if you watch movies like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve, they're trying to do that like ensemble. Romantic comedy.
1: romance. right? Yeah. A bunch
0: of intertwined, bunch of famous people. We all got them here for like two days, and
1: <laughs> here, let's get a bunch of famous people to because we couldn't afford them for the whole movie, so right. we're gonna put them in ten-minute short films each. But if
0: we split it up across the movie, we'll trick people into thinking they're in the entire yes. movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think out of those kinds of movies, Love Actually is definitely the best. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like Frozen. I definitely liked it more before it became yeah. part of the cultural DNA. <laughs> yeah,
1: true story. I used to live in uh, St. Clair, Michigan, and uh, the movie theater by my house, it was one of those theaters that only had uh, two screens, or, th- no, excuse me, three theaters. Okay. So they would only play three movies at a time. And uh, Frozen was one of the movies they were playing, and the cool thing about this theater was, uh, technically, you know how movies, like, you can go see it, like, on a Thursday night, but it would be at, like, 7 p.m.? Yeah. This one, I don't know if, like I'm sure it's not like a legality thing, I could be wrong, but it was like they would have showings for it like that Thursday as early as like eleven thirty in the morning. Oh, okay. So at the time I wasn't I was in comedy, but I had like just started. And I had also at the time I wasn't working or really doing anything. I was kinda of just being like just like a unemployed like loser basically. <laughs> and uh thanks for letting me live on your couch, Grandma. And uh I went and saw Frozen like it might have been like right before I had Thanksgiving dinner because like the theater was like open to like three in the afternoon so they had like early matinees and I <laughs> saw theater or I saw Frozen in a theater by myself like Thanksgiving day before I went to have dinner with my family and I just watched it and I was like this is actually pretty good. It's like a muse It's just a fun little, cute kids' music. It's a
0: lovely little movie. Have you yeah. seen two yet? No,
1: no I will see not. it. I'm not. I, again, the thing, the issue I have with like going to see kids' movies now is you have to watch it with a bunch of children who are very right. loud. Yes. But at the same time, you can't get mad because that's who it's for.
0: You got to go to like a really late screening on like a yep. weeknight. Yeah, you got to go to a <laughs>
1: ten ten screening of Frozen. Be the only person in the theater on like Tuesday or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, just like by yourself, and then maybe there's one couple who's on a date night who's run out of movies to yeah. see.
0: One guy in just like a big jacket who's like sitting <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, he's trying to sit as far
1: away from the other lone guy yeah. in the theater. Uh, but yeah, I felt it was worth an honorable mention. But yeah. uh, Polar Express. Uh, here's the thing, I've not seen that movie since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. that was, like, the first, like, movie that really made, had, like, a Christmas vibe, like, just the story of, like, trying to get to the North Pole on yeah. Christmas Eve. Did you, see did you see it in theaters? I saw it in theaters. Like okay. So did I. Yeah, because I remember, my dad, my parents were very good when we were little about, like, taking us to see movies right before Christmas, because they had always put in, like, an emphasis on, like, uh... Like holidays being important for like family stuff. Sure. Um, and I just remember I saw that movie and it just had this great Christmas feel that a lot of animated movies just didn't quite do it for me. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The animation in that is really weird. It's
0: a little uncanny. You kind of have to get past It's an that. adjustment. Yeah. Because
1: like, it's like kind of realistic, but it
0: still looks. Well, I was so young when I saw this in theaters. I think I couldn't tell if it was animated or not. Just because yeah. like. I don't know. I think I just didn't understand at the time. But here's the thing: you
1: look at it now, and it lo- it doesn't look cheap. That's not the way I'm going to put it. But it just yeah. it like it almost looks
0: creepy. Well, I almost think like nowadays this movie would have just been live action. I think, yeah. And they just use CGI for the effects. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's a little strange. I mean, you get like Tom Hanks playing seven different characters in the movie. Yeah. And so you have to physically show him differently. Uh, I think from what I understand, the only part of this that isn't, like, motion captured are, like, the waiters that run really fast. Like, they're, they're, like, that, you just, a human can't do that. So, they animated that part of it. But the rest of it, I think, is all motion capture. So.
1: Yeah, the thing about it, too, is, uh, I mean, if you can get past the creepy-looking animation, like, it is a great story, but it's also just, uh... Objectively, just a really good movie for, like, what it is. Hmm. And I believe, I'm not going to confirm it because I don't know, but I believe Roger Ebert also gave it four stars. Really? Which, like, I kind of, like, surprised me because, like, I don't know, sometimes with, like, holiday movies, you don't really expect, like, too much because there is, like, a novelty aspect to a lot yeah. of them. Like it's just like oh if you can only watch this around Christmas time it could be a good movie but it can't be like an all time great kind of thing.
0: What's weird. Robert Zemeckis who did this. Yeah, he's a big director. He's a great director. He did you know obviously like Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, and Cast Away, and then he went through this strange uh, period of time where he was doing these stop motion or not so these. Uh, motion capture animated movies like this and he did uh beowulf with ray winston uh okay. and anthony hopkins which was a, a strange movie um and then all which had the same animation style and then also did um the a, a christmas carol with J- uh jim carrey that animated movie too um so yeah he was into that for a while. Um, I think it's just I'm so nostalgic for the look of this movie, the way it is. You know, yeah. I just remember the Tom Hanks uh, um, uh, uh, engineer with the the mustache and like, yeah. you know, he's so iconic now at this point. Um, you
1: want to take a guess at how much the budget was for
0: this movie? Oh, I don't. I couldn't even try. What, what was the budget?
1: It was 165 million dollars. <laughs> yeah that is some expensive animation for
0: sure it's expensive for distracting animation
1: <laughs> yeah it even animated. says here uh the film was made with a production budget of 165 million dollars oh, a wow. record-breaking sum for an animated feature at Did the time it, make,
0: it made its budget back i'm assuming right because uh was a hit, box
1: think. office yeah 311 million
0: yeah everybody i mean a lot of people love this movie i think it's very nostalgic for a lot of people
1: oh it's, yeah like but the know. thing is is just like would i go out of my way to like watch this movie if it wasn't christmas time of course not Sure. but if it's Christmas time it's like a top priority for me yeah
0: yeah um I yeah I, I haven't seen I don't think I've actually seen the entire movie since it was in theaters but I've always caught parts on TV like yeah. every year uh, um, no. there's a place uh, there's a great place um, a Christmas tree place uh, nearby well we, we can get pumpkins there in uh, during uh, fall and then we get Christmas trees there um during Christmas and it's uh it's called uh it's Peacock Road. Have you been there? I have not. It's uh they they have a a place where they serve like hot cocoa and um and you can also get like sloppy joes I think and stuff like that. And they have <laughs> sure. Polar Express playing on a loop on the TV, or at least when I was there. <laughs> um and it's it's a nice movie to just like run this time of year. You just have it playing and you look at it and you're like oh it's 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 like warm and comfortable and you know like thinking about being on the train to the north pole as like a kid yeah just so like
1: i remember walking around a family video and that was playing on the tvs while i was like walking around (laughs) and enough time had passed they were like hey you're gonna buy anything because i was just kind of like i was like kind of like perusing the aisles like really intently but i periodically would just like look up (laughs) and just like watch (laughs) 10 minutes of the movie and be like how much time has passed (laughs) (laughs)
0: um yeah uh, that, that's a good choice. That's I I didn't choose anything animated. I was thinking of choosing um, Arthur Christmas.
1: Arthur Christmas is which, uh, kind of a
0: hidden gem. It's sort of a hidden gem. It's pretty underrated. I thought nobody yeah. really talks about it. But that's a movie that I think catches captures like. The spirit of Christmas really well, oh, and it's yeah. not like a cheap because there's like there's a lot of like cheap crappy kids Christmas stuff out there. Oh yeah,
1: that'll just sell because it's Christmassy, and they're yes. just like, oh my kids have already seen all this. Yeah,
0: and Arthur Christmas, I was like, oh this is like a cool idea that people put a lot into. There's a lot of movies that have their own idea of like the Santa Claus lore. Like I know a lot of people think of the Tim Allen movies when they think of like the Santa Claus lore in film. Yeah, uh, but that one had a really interesting way of looking at it where it's like a family line and each person becomes the new santa claus you know yeah um so i really liked that
1: another interesting fact about polar express i didn't even realize this until i like looked up the budget was uh rotten tomato score 56 percent it's very mixed yeah and even roger ebert yeah he did give it four stars so i was not completely off base uh (laughs) i love the little uh Cause you know how like when you go to his website, there's like the little description of like his review before yeah. you read the big one, right? Like the summary, and he goes, uh, "It's a little creepy, not creepy in an unpleasant way, but in that sneaky, teasing way that lets you know eerie things could happen." <laughs> that's a that's a funny way. Yeah, that's. that's I mean, it's fairly accurate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Roger. R.I.P. Roger Ebert. He was. Uh, I didn't always agree with him, but he. um he was passionate and he knew what he was talking about for the most part. I think. I, so. Did you know they didn't like Die Hard? Roger Ebert and, Sis, and uh,
1: he didn't like Die Hard. He didn't Siskel. like Fight Club. He didn't like Blue Velvet. He
0: didn't like Die Hard, but he liked Die Hard too. I think I mentioned this in the last one. But he was like, he didn't like Die Hard because he thought the characters were too annoying. But then he liked Die Hard too, and I'm like. The characters didn't know you more in Die Hard Two. It's the same movie, but with snow. Did he basically. also
1: get like shit because he gave like Speed Two like three and a half stars? I or think something. he did. Yeah, something Speed like that. Two Cruise
0: Control. Yeah, he
1: gave like three or three and a half stars, and they're like, wait a
0: minute. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you wanted to say about Polar Express? No, or, I think we kind of okay covered all our bases. What are your so we mentioned a, a bit at the beginning, but what are there like typical go to movies for most people that are also part of your like tradition?
1: um ones that I mean we already covered some of them like yeah. die hard I'll watch uh home alone is usually on the uh on home the alone list.
0: two is pretty good too yeah there's some pretty good traps in home alone 2 then <laughs> like they improve on the first one. It's like I start judging home alone movies quality by like the same metric as the saw movies yeah I'm like if the traps are better <laughs> they're, they're a better movie um
1: I've never made that comparison but now I can't <laughs> not do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, Tobin Bell and the yeah Jigsaw's just grown-up Macaulay Culkin. Um, I I want to mention a movie because I mentioned that uh, uh, Christmas Evil was originally also called Better Watch Out, which is also an amazing title. There's a movie that came out in like 2016 also called Better Watch Out, and that is a fantastic movie because it's... Is it a horror? It's a horror movie. It's also kind of a comedy and kind of a... It's a home invasion thriller sort of... I I don't want to spoil it, because about a third of the way into the movie, the movie takes a huge twist and becomes a different kind of movie. Okay. Um, But the basic plot is this girl is babysitting a kid on Christmas. Uh, It's also on Shudder, I think, still. Mm. Um, Shudder's... I I should start getting them to pay me, because I've mentioned them so many times. But um, they... uh, uh, Yeah, she's like babysitting this kid, and then they think they might have an intruder in the house. That's the basic plot of the movie, and then it takes a lot of turns, and I thought it was really good, and really clever, uh, that movie. Really twisted and weird, too. Um, but then also, uh, yeah, it's very modern. Like, it's, uh, it came out in 2016, like I said, it kind of went under the radar, but it stars both of the kids from the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Visit, for some reason. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, highly recommend. You better watch out, too. It's one of my, um, uh, I guess um, honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, the only other uh, honorable mention I honestly have is, uh, I mean, it's not the best movie, but it's still a great like Christmas time sort of movie. And it's on Netflix. Is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey, yeah, okay. the two, the one that came out. In I the haven't seen that in theaters either. Yeah, same. I or s- no, I I no, I did used to watch that around Christmas time as a kid. Because it had, like, a, I was also a kid, like, if, a, like, a movie had, like, cool, like, uh, like cover art, I'd be like, oh, pretty, grab
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, the thing is, I think I remember seeing it in theaters, but I think it came out in 2000. So it did I would come have out been, in 2000. I would yeah. have been, like, two years old, so I don't know if I actually saw it in theaters, but I definitely saw it when I was really young. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I, uh, I was born in uh, 93, so I was, like, seven or eight at the time yeah. when I first saw it.
0: Really fun supporting cast in that movie, too, like Molly Shannon's in Oh, yeah. It uh, Anthony Hopkins was the narrator. I realized this the other night. It was playing while I was at work. It was on the TV. And I realized the narrator was Anthony Hopkins for the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's c- cool. <laughs> I mean,
1: It is on Netflix. So, I mean, at yeah. this point, if people haven't seen it, there's definitely something you can watch that you uh, don't have to go out of your way really. Yeah, so that's
0: a big nostalgic one for people, sure. our, our generation, too. Yeah. Um, um, is there any other Christmas ones? There's... I'm going to think of 10 on the way home. Like I said, of course. all the Rankin and Bass cartoons. I really love... Uh, um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Like I remember all the songs from that one really well, like the "Put one foot in front of the other" song, and uh, that's it's it's also kind of a weird movie if you watch it now. It's also kind of creepy the uh, stop motion animation, but uh, I think that's you know all those cartoons are really fun uh, to watch around this time. But yeah, I think that. Does it? Yeah, I think I'm gonna
1: think of twenty on the way. Uh, yeah. Not even on the way home. We're at my house, but like I, I'm gonna think of twenty and then text them to you and be like, God damn
0: it! <laughs> luckily, I'm gonna be doing an outro later, so like if I oh, yeah. if I think of anything or if you think of anything later, I'll like I'll slip them in at the end. Just <laughs> for like, sure. Yeah, so, anyway, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, of course, cool.
1: dude. Let's uh, we'll make it fourth.
0: We'll, we'll make, make it fourth. fourth yeah, visit. Easter. Yeah, the, the, the Fat Tuesday movies. The we best. Do,
1: <laughs> yeah, we're just like running out of holidays. <laughs> just yeah. Like
0: uh, what, what I am. I'm doing for. I don't know if I told you f- the current plan for um, Braden Cooley, who I did the Saw movies with. Yeah. Uh, for um, St. Patty's Day, we're planning on doing all the Leprechaun movies oh. <laughs> with um, with Warwick Davis. So that'll be fun. Oh, yeah.
1: But, yeah. Um,
0: we'll, we'll we'll think of a holiday. We'll sure.
1: think of a holiday. Definitely Valentine's Day. Valentine's could be Day good. could be good. Uh, I like the April Fool's Day of just. Uh, I mean, we can crop out our April Fool's Day idea. Yeah we talked about that right. a little bit, um, yeah. You definitely should do a best of the decade, though. Yeah. I'm Whether you uh, have guests or not, I would definitely be interested That's to hear plan. that. So,
0: yeah. Well, I will. Yeah, I'll see you in the next one, whatever that one ends up being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Put one foot in front of the other,
0: and soon you'll be walking. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of We Are Movies. Um, and before you ask, yes, I am aware that Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg is another killer Santa movie. It slipped my mind at the time, but yes, I remember it. There we go. I've acknowledged its existence. No, it would not be in my top five. Um, but I've established that I'm aware that it's a movie. So please don't say anything about it this time. Um, <laughs> uh thanks to brett for coming on i'm so thankful to him um for doing this and coming back all the time uh he's i we could talk for hours honestly um he knows a lot about movies and he's a great guy and uh if you have a movie podcast out there uh brett's your guy if you need a guest um Make sure you go follow Brett on all the social media stuff. He's on Twitter at Brett Hayden one T. Uh, so go follow him there. Also, uh, keep up with comedy rumble. That's his, uh, comedy competition. Um, they've got another, uh, show coming up this December, the 18th comedy rumble, nine ladies dancing. That'll be at the Ann Arbor comedy showcase. Um, uh, you have to, you know, try to get your tickets in advance. um, My understanding is, I think they're they usually sell them at the door too. I'm not sure, but it's always best to give them in advance, probably. Um, uh, I will be competing in two comedy rumbles in January. Um, on the 9th, I'll be at Brett's birthday show at the Showcase. Um, and on January 25th, I will be competing in the Comedy for Cancer Rumble at Hot Rock Sports Bar and Music Cafe. So uh, if you come to that, you could help support a great cause and also support live stand-up comedy, which is awesome. Um, go like the Facebook page for Comedy Rumble uh, so you can keep up to date on their schedule with all the shows coming up. There's a lot of them all the time. So... Um, that's great. If you can, uh, help support us struggling artists. Um, we really appreciate it and, uh, especially, uh, support Brett cause he's a really hardworking, awesome stand up comic in, uh, Michigan. And, uh, there's a great scene here too. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's competitive. It's, it's not, uh, easy to be, um, that good Uh, so um thanks again to brett and uh he'll be back on most likely just to do more stuff like this um so um obviously if you liked this uh feel free to subscribe to us um you can also like our facebook page we are movies you can follow us on instagram at we are movies pod um, I'm going to start reading off uh, some like fan mail stuff or questions or replying to them on here. Uh, if you have any feedback and stuff like that, um, feel free to DM us on the Instagram or what have you. <laughs> um, and uh, also leave a review. It'd be great if you wanted to leave a review, uh, particularly a positive review. You know, I'd prefer that, uh, but an honest review is what matters. So, you know, whatever I can take constructive criticism and. Um, If you like me, (laughs) um, I have an Instagram at uh, Johnny Mockney. I have a Twitter at Johnny Mockney and a letterbox as I've plugged multiple times at Johnny Mockney. So um, I'm on all those things. If you want to, you know, add your name to the list of uh, Johnny Mockney online social media fans, (laughs) so uh, there's that. Uh, thanks so much for listening again. Um, I will have some more Christmas-themed stuff later in the month, probably. I'll, I might be able to convince my dad to do that um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life episode with me. It'll take maybe some uh, some string pulling, but um, I might be able to, to get him to do that. So you guys can all meet him and um, hear us talk about a movie that makes both of us cry all the time. Um But until then, uh, I hope you guys have a very happy December, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Um, I'll be back with some other stuff. I've been recording non-Christmas things this month too, so um, we'll see you for that. Bye-bye for now.